Hello, dear listeners, and welcome to Rethink, a podcast where we revisit past articles from the University of Malta's Think magazine. Looking at the pioneering work we have featured in the past, we catch up with the researchers to see how far they have come since they appeared in the magazine. My name is Chris, and as always, I'm joined by my co-host, Diva. Hello. And today we're discussing food intolerances and how to manage them in, in large parties together with Monique Chambers. Hello there. Do you just quickly introduce what the app is about and how you came upon the idea? Sure. Um, so the Indulge Me Food app came about because I entertain a lot. Mm-hmm. And every time I have a dinner party, I would have eight or ten people coming and, you know, seven or eight of those would have a different intolerance. So you'd have, you know, a vegetarian or a vegan or a Muslim guy. Or, and it's like, guys, you know, give me a break. So not wanting to cook five dishes, five different mains, whatever. It was getting more and more complex. And I thought it can't just be me that has these strange friends, you know. So let me ask around, asked around. And my friends who also are big cooks also had the same problem did some basic research in the app store because I wanted help you know being able to create menus where I wasn't going to kill anybody mm-hmm. and there wasn't anything around so started basically recording my own recipes that would do for you know the Juliet Jewish celiac vegan that was going to come around for dinner uh, <laughs> it, it happens yeah and basically an, an app came out of it um, after a discussion with um, Russell Smith of Takeoff the business incubator here at the University of Malta. So you saw a necessity and a hole for a product to be put yep. in? Yep, absolutely. I'd already created another app in my previous life and that I just sort of went ahead and did because I was really arrogant and, you know, I sort of didn't spend that much money or that much time on it and it went viral. It went round the world in a nanosecond and I was like, oh, oh. <laughs> so with this one, I was much more measured and, and this one is obviously much more serious than, than the last app because you could make someone quite sick. <laughs> I saw that Indulge Me gift now retails at 2.39 euros right, yes, on yeah. the App Store. Is yeah. it sustainable from the money um, it makes? Really, I, I'd made the money in the first year, to be honest, because luckily for me, somebody had picked up on it on Twitter and said how horribly materialistic it was and that they wished they'd invented it. So we had a massive downloads. We had this day where the developers phoning me saying, there's a problem, there's a problem, we need more space, we need more space. Luckily, it's a good problem yes. to have. It's better than the other way around. <laughs> My partner's company um, was doing all of the hosting for us, so very easily we managed to get the extra space that we needed. But it, it, it just went crazy. So I sort of made the money that I'd spent on it in you know, with actually within about the first six months. And then from there, you start playing a store game where you make it free in certain countries. So you, you play the charts. Um, so then you're the best free app or the best lifestyle app if you're paid. So I played that game a bit. And now it just, you know, it still gets downloaded. It still gets updated. It was 110 countries at last count, but I haven't counted for a while. But yeah, so that one did quite well and keeps me going. What lessons did you learn from the first app that you kind of just jumped straight in? And then you say that you're a little bit more calculated, a little bit more research based for the second one. What were the main lessons that you really took from that first app? It was really not just trusting my own judgment and my own needs. I developed the first one because I wanted better presence, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Nothing wrong with that. Nothing wrong with that. With the second one, it's again all about food intolerances, so it's quite serious. You Mm -hmm. don't want to give somebody something that's going to make them sick. And although there is a a point where, you know, if you're going to, if you're nut intolerant, 
you have to have everything in your kitchen nut free so there are certain limitations to it it is just an app after all and we're trusting you to be as sensible as possible but i did loads of research i made sure that there was a market for this one that it wasn't just going to be a lucky sale that somebody just picks up on it i got their lead generation agency to make the phone calls for me because i know my weakness is picking up the phone i just don't like doing it you know i got a proper design agency and instead of doing things you know quite low key doing it by myself using elements from the magazine that I had I, I got a proper agency to do that I got proper agency to do translations proper agencies to do recipes so I, I spent a lot more money is <laughs> what I learned <laughs> did it slowly did it properly and now it's paying back so you can see kind of you put the work in and you just can see that Yes. More thought is going Yeah, the, the juice is definitely going to be worth the squeeze again, but hopefully with more longevity and uh, will mm-hmm. allow me to do the other things I want to do. So the article about the app appeared in the issue 21 in September 2017 of Think. And this was just about the moment when the app was about to launch. So let's hear what the journey had been from our archives. Food indulgence. There's an app for that. Cooking for others has become increasingly complex these days, thanks to ever more diverse dietary requirements. Monique Chambers talks to Jessica Edwards about her perfect solution. Dinner parties can be daunting. The new people, the small talk, the etiquette. It is a social dance many find challenging. Me? I'm a shy vegetarian who also happens to be lactose intolerant. Being invited to dinner parties is not something I particularly look forward to. I have to beg for options with no meat, no fish, and no cheese, and then watch the host's face drop, instantly regretting their invite. I usually end up being served a lettuce salad with a side of resentment, but now there is a solution. Monique Chambers is the mind behind an application called Indulge Me Food. The app allows hosts not only to send out invites to their dinner guests and receive their RSVPs, but also stores their food preferences and intolerances ahead of time, meaning the host can cater for all the picky eaters. The app cleverly provides recipes that account and accommodate for everyone's intolerances. Monique has been working in marketing and PR for 25 years, technology marketing in particular. It was during this time that she developed an application for all things lovely and nice. And that was where the indulgence brand started. The philosophy behind it? Self-appreciation. The idea of treating yourself and enjoying the nice things in life. The brand includes books, a magazine, property, and of course, apps. The first app is based on the idea of having a wish list that can be seen by others. The inspiration, so you know when your boyfriend buys you something and it's the wrong size, the wrong colour, and decided to go down the route of creating an app around it, Monique says. And thus, the Indulge Me Gift app was born. Since then, it has been downloaded thousands of times and travelled to 110 countries. After the success of the Indulge Me Gift app, Monique was ruminating over new concepts. At this time, she was working as part of a marketing team at the Knowledge Transfer Office, or KTO, at the University of Malta, helping startups get their message across correctly from tech to human. It was then that her thought to merge algorithms and hosting elaborate dinner parties emerged. How great would it be if you could have an easy way to invite all your friends, gather their RSVPs and their food intolerances, and find the right recipe that would cater to all those dietary needs at once? This train of thought set the ball in motion. 
Looking to focus her new app idea, Monique left her position at the KTO and dedicated herself fully. A year later, in 2016, Monique's plan was set and she sent in her application for the University of Malta's Takeoff Seed Fund Award. Her hard work paid off. She was awarded the funds and became an incubatee. With this came the opportunity to read a master's in entrepreneurship at the Centre for Entrepreneurship and Business Innovation, with the Indulge Me Food app as her major project. The venture began with research. You have to research, research, research. The first app I made did okay, but I didn't do any research. You need to make sure that no one is doing the same thing and that you're getting the most out of the app, she says. I just thought it was a good idea and that's what it was. That approach was a missed opportunity. Although I did it well, I could have done much more with it. With that lesson learnt, she joined forces with British panel research agency, Fly, to find out more about people's entertaining habits and how they felt about this new level of nutritional diversity in today's social circles. The results confirmed some key points. 94% of hosts do not know what brands to buy for certain intolerances or dietary restrictions. They also found out that 40% of hosts use messaging service to invite guests, which can make it more difficult to keep track. Following that, Monique sat down and considered her skill set. I always wanted to avoid being a jack-of-all-trades, she says. Despite the budget restrictions, she brought a number of experts on board who could handle different areas in the app's development. UK-based lead generation agency, Buying Time, took on the role of finding an audience. She also hired development studio Just Some Coding to build the app with the assistance from Switch for branding. I worked with both for the Indulge Me Gift app and a couple of other projects, she says. Relationships started in 2011 when I worked with them on adverts from their clients which were included in the Indulge magazine, Monique states, highlighting the importance of keeping connections close and network growing. The app came together and is now receiving its final touches. The way it works is that hosts send off their invites. Once guests receive the invitation, they fill in their profiles, unless they have done so already, along with their eating restrictions. Once everyone has accepted the invitation, the host gets a list of everyone that's accepted and a list of their intolerances. From there they would be presented with menu suggestions that would cater for all of the intolerances. Recipes usually only cater for one particular eating restriction. These would cater for all of them, Monique says, eliminating the need to make multiple dishes. Indulge Me Food is not only appealing for hosts. Monique is currently in talks with retailers to find partners who would like to offer the app to their customers exclusively. This means that these business partners would be able to build a repertoire of their own products, which clients could refer to, related to the recipes of choice. This way, the app would also be able to provide clients not just a set of recipes, but with an easy-to-follow shopping list, tailored to the retailers and items in stock. For the time being, the app is being offered to foreign companies because Maltese retailers are not big enough. That said, it will be available in the app store for local consumers to use. Often, people go to more than one shop to get what they need, unlike abroad, where you can usually find all you need in one shop, says Monique. Through this journey, Monique has done away with some outdated anxieties. She says she's now happy to talk about her ideas openly, doing away with the paranoia. Having an idea is one thing, making it happen is another entirely, she says. Not to mention how people can sometimes point out things you've overlooked. A friend mentioned religious diets and the restrictions that come with those. It was an area I hadn't even considered, and I should have, she says. The world is a very small place. Besides making it easier for the host to organise dinner parties, this app would definitely help in making all guests feel included. I look forward to the day I can enjoy a dinner party and stay late because I no longer need to nosedive into the fridge at home.
Welcome back. So, I had a quick question about like the death of the cookbook. Like, if you need, like, they, everyone has the internet now. They have everything at their fingertips. Is I don't know if you don't have like a continually kind of updating like repertoire of recipes. Are they not going to get a bit stale? Excuse the food pun. <laughs> just sort of, oh, I invite the same people around and they have the same intolerances or likes dislikes, and it's always like vegetable lasagna or something like that the, the way we actually developed the app is that you can record what you've served people so unless they specifically ask for this i do a killer i shouldn't say killer but a chocolate <laughs> cake which is dairy free nut free you know everything free but it's absolutely delicious unless people actually request this particular chocolate cake you know you don't you're not going to make the same thing again so you know what you've served people you know who else was at the party you can actually even record how you laid the table you know, so we can, we can do the whole, whole shebang. With cookbooks, I'm a massive cookbook fan. I still buy cookbooks as soon as they come out. I, it, it's, it's like an addiction for me. <laughs> and they give you inspiration and you start to see new food trends because there are ingredients that come up that you can't rely on the internet because a lot of the sites, you'll go on and there'll be 20 recipes for the same thing. Yeah. You know, pumpkin pie times... <laughs> How many times could you you know, cook the same thing? But what happens with the internet, and one of the things I found in the research, was you couldn't do multiple intolerance searches. So if you have the, you know, my typical celiac, vegetarian, Jewish guy coming to dinner, you can only pick on one of those things. Mm -hmm. So, you know, it's easy to find vegetarian recipes, easy to find vegan, easy to find lactose-free. You want to find a combination of those it's really difficult. And I'm talking about the major sites. I'm not talking about the niche sites that might exist. We have thousands of recipes and we're continually adding to our recipe bank. So what is the source sorry, of these recipes? It's either stuff we make ourselves, just by being, you know, you can, the way our algorithm is built, which I'm not going to spill every secret, <laughs> but the way the algorithm is built, we can swap out things. So there are particular things. If you can't use egg, for example, there are replacements that you can use for eggs. So you can use linseed, which is ground up and mixed with water, and that has the same properties as egg. So if you need to bind something. So very easy to make a vegan cake because, you, you know, we have these swap-ins of ingredients. But then we're not looking to only have recipes that cater for all intolerances, but there'll be, you know, every time you have a dinner party, the people that age, people have new partners, people have new friends. Mm -hmm. You do get different intolerances popping up all of the time. So can you manually put in if... I don't know, like a rare intolerance. Could you manually ask for I don't know, green beans? Don't know if that really exists. But if someone has a an odd intolerance or an odd allergy, can you manually put that in? Or could, is it like a yeah, we could add that in. And, and what we do want to get to is where you can put your favourite recipes in. Mm -hmm. So you might have your favourite nationalities Christmas cake that you now need to make you know, lactose-free or whatever. Yeah. So we want to be able to have a sort of user-generated content aspect to it as well. Sort of a feedback into the but system. But at this a point, bit. we need to be careful we have a you know huge terms and conditions to make sure that you do say you're going to use our ingre the ingredients we're suggesting but if you think ah no don't worry about it i'm just going to use this milk and that's not correct we're is there a liability liable. for you no if someone no. doesn't follow the recipe as no we, we've we've got like serious terms and conditions it's one of those that you scroll and scroll and scroll and then right at the end when you're about to use the app it also says to you again you are responsible for the recipe we're making suggestions because we didn't want to get into you know that minefield that companies have had in the uk where people have died by having a sandwich made in an area where there are nuts well it has become very much more 
I was thinking more kind of gluten, like 10 years ago, I remember mm. working in a bar, just like, ugh, these gluten people, I don't know what's gluten, what is gluten, I'm going to go ask the chef and all that sort of thing, but now it's really kind of come to the forefront, kind of people are taking a bit more, I don't know, more, it, more seriously, so it's just sort of like, nowadays it's like, yeah, you do have people who are lactose intolerant, gluten intolerant, the list kind of goes on, it's kind of... Oh yes, and some of it's real, some of it's not real, you know, one of the things we found in our research was people would say they were gluten intolerant, but actually they were gluten intolerant at your house, they were never gluten intolerant at their house, so the shopping baskets didn't change enough because gluten-free products are really expensive. Mm-hmm. It also turns out they're quite fattening in general. Mm. So once people have found out that, you know, I'm having a gluten-free cake, it's better for me. Actually, no, it's loaded with fats and sugar to make it taste, you know, decent. Suddenly, when people realise this, they stopped being gluten intolerant. Yeah. You know, so these things are, some of them are myths, some of them are real. Or I've eaten a whole bowl of pasta. It's just like, oh, all that gluten's making me feel bloated. It's just like... You've mm-hmm. eaten a whole bowl of pasta. <laughs> It's going to hurt. So, uh, yeah, there there is some fictitious stuff, some real stuff. And we are hopefully covered by the terms and conditions that we've very, very strenuously placed upon ourselves. Did you have to customise those for different countries you're active in? We've got one particular. But what we had done was done the intolerances and top religions, because obviously religious diets have uh, are an aspect to this as well, in the top 10 countries in the world. So United States, the UK, India, and, and people where also they do dinner parties, because there are countries with high intolerances that actually it's not the tradition to cook at someone's yeah. home. So you kind of cut places out. And we focused on the top 10 of those. And we focused on the English speaking to start with. I tried to look up this app and, and it said this, the item is not available in your country. That's right. It's only available in the Malta store. So at the moment, and we've done that because we were talking directly to supermarkets. And we didn't want to go out there and have an app that was not going to be unique to them. So we've spoken to some quite serious high street brands in the UK, primarily. And it needed to be their platform that they could sell out to their customers. Unfortunately, we haven't got much traction on that because with one company, we met their futures team, in fact, two weeks after the article was published. And so two weeks after my master's as well. And they said we were too future for them. So it's like, well, okay, you know, how, how does that, what do we do next? You were our, we wanted to be there. We wanted to be within them. They said no to us. We then spoke to another very, very large supermarket. They asked us to go back and strengthen our terms and conditions, which we went away and did. And then the guy left the company and we've never been able to break back in. And then we've since spoken to another supermarket company. They're more of a delivery company. And we're working on something with them because they've given us a suggestion of not trying to do everything but to focus for example on easter or on christmas so that they can trial it with their customers to see if people actually are going to use it if that doesn't work we will be opening it up to the world and getting our own mass audience and selling it and and you know earning back my revenue that way one of the things i when i was looking into this it felt like another social media thing and everyone's got through four five six things that they have to take care of and look after like how easy is the user interface just to sort of get people to be like uh well ken isn't going to use this i'll just have to message him on facebook or i'll have to ring someone specifically to ask them is it not just another layer of organization that i don't know it is today Mm -hmm. the sort of nirvana would be that once you open your contact card that it would say, you know, okay, Chris is, you know, this is his name, his address, his email, his birthday, his food intolerances. Mm. 
So when you phone any restaurant, when you phone any takeaway, when you go to any party that's you know catered, whether it's in someone's home or elsewhere, they already know, ah, oh, Chris is coming. Yeah. He can't have this. Today, yes, I'm inviting you. I want to know if you're coming. And if, you know, who are you bringing? You might not have the same partner as the last time you came to my house. Yeah. You, you may have since been discovered to be diabetic. You might have changed religion. You know, so it's... Yeah. Although it's uh, something you have to fill in, really you should only have to fill in once unless you're changing your So it's just partner. that initial sort of yeah. push over the edge and then hopefully yeah. it's it just, just a lot easier. reminds you, you know, like have you filled in your intolerances and who are you bringing mm. and, and what are theirs? <laughs> so it's nice, the, the user interface is not, it's nice. I think it's really good looking, really pretty, you know, because it's a tick box thing, you know, what I don't eat. I did want to go down the route of the types of people I don't like to sit next to, but apparently that's... <laughs> <laughs> not gonna happen <laughs> but yeah no it should be quite simple yeah. and it's it has been beautifully beautifully designed but these sort of things it just needs to be convenient like yes. if it's not convenient people won't use it exactly and how do they log in into the app you can though? log in with facebook i would invite you via whatsapp facebook messenger normal sms email however because some people don't use phones strangely but still yeah. there are still people who don't use smartphones so we have all of the the aspects there so you can do it by email you can do it on a website and they just tick their intolerances and like yes i'm coming to your dinner party or no i can't make it so we don't have to worry about your intolerances it's quite simple and uh, what kind of feedback have you heard from uh, people who have maybe used it for very large events like not yet actually we, we've we've been doing more local trials between ourselves and trying to pretend that we have all of these different food intolerances and our you know our 10th new boyfriend of the month has something else that he doesn't eat so we're trying to break it so you're trying to make sure that you have recipes for every single occasion sometimes it doesn't work so we have to go away and find that recipe for the person who doesn't eat aubergines you yeah. know or mushrooms or whatever so there are all these groups that we find and pretty much everybody i meet i ask them what don't you eat what are you allergic to what are you so that i learn all the time because so everyone's is... venting at you their food dislikes just <laughs> yeah I mean, it's you know you know vegans tell you they're vegan within two minutes of meeting them in general <laughs> but if somebody's allergic to the nightshades yeah you don't generally know and if they're also vegetarian you're most likely to give them nightshades so you need to so nightshades tomatoes potatoes and the aubergines courgettes all of that sort of spongy uh-huh. kind of vegetables but people can have serious intolerances to them so you need to know that's not your alternative for the vegetarian mm-hmm. uh, but these things i'm learning as i go along so it's a constant battle <laughs> challenge <laughs> keeps you on your toes though. something keeps like it interesting. that yes 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 and uh, did you feel that when you were for example in the incubator or working on your project with uh, perhaps in different industrial or entrepreneurial settings did you feel that there's a certain app fatigue that uh, is an app again or or do you think that? this environment is still very welcoming of technological solutions to, for example, this very social challenge. In fact, uh, we, we, challenge. we talk about it to, you know, people, that it's an app, because people understand an app. It's actually a platform. So it's a platform that integrates with ERP systems and supply chain systems for supermarkets. And it's, so it's quite big, it's quite clunky, you know, it's complex. But it's delivered to you, the user, as an app, as something you're used to seeing. We're not going to get you to download you know the big thing the the sainsbury's the waitrose the tesco's are going to be the guys who integrate with this hopefully and so for them it's the hard work for the user it has to be an app so within environments people like oh yeah another app another app but we actually refer to it all the time as a platform it's presented to the user as an app that's just the way we work now that's just the way people think now and 
unfortunately, fortunately, it's the way of the world. Have you considered pitching it to airlines, for example, when they have to collect all the... This is one of those further down the line because, it, you know, it, it is just me at this point in time. You know, you've got the, the lead generation actually didn't do a brilliant job in the end. We got into a couple of companies with them, but we were supposed to go across Europe. Turns out they couldn't speak any European languages, so that oh. was a bit of a waste of money. <laughs> um, <laughs> so... Airlines, catering companies, all of that, that's something that will come when it gets to the point where it's on your contact card. But we want to take over the world at dinner parties first. Do you think there may be a little bit of... There's already sort of teetering there. People not wanting to share so much details. I know it's only food intolerance and tolerances, but... Are you kidding? I don't know. <laughs> you meet people, they can't help but tell you what they don't eat. And then they expect you to remember when you haven't cooked for them for six months. You know, you might remember there's somebody who doesn't cook, eat salmon, there's somebody who doesn't eat pastry, there's somebody... But remembering all that stuff, you know, you don't want to embarrass them that they can't eat at your party and you don't want to, you know, embarrass yourself that you've forgotten your friend's food yeah. intolerance. So, no, people do still like to tell you. Kind of more for, like, the sharing it with shops and that sort of mm. thing, like your data being sold on to Waitrose, which then has your contact details and all the foods you like, and then, oh, we're going to do some direct marketing at them. I don't know. It's, they already it's, have that by way of their loyalty cards. Mm, so you already know what you buy, what you don't buy. What they don't know is what you're going to buy. They know what you bought last month. We're helping them tell you, tell them what you're going to buy next month because mm. next month you have this party with all these different people. But is it sharing, like, yeah, maybe giving you that advertisement, but would it be your guests? Would they be, I don't know, are you selling on their data as No, well? because they know I'm having the dinner party, but they don't know who the people are at my dinner party. Okay. They just know I'm now shopping for somebody with a gluten intolerance. And I have no idea about gluten intolerance because I eat everything <laughs> so far. <laughs> so yeah, so it's, it's, we've gone through this whole thing of GDPR. All of the, the rules and regs have been ticked off, but it's, there's actually no personal data. It's affecting your shopping basket, but you don't know who's eating what and who's not. Okay, so it's no passing on like no, third party kind of, it's just you who's... Yeah. Okay, so thank you very much for joining us today. It's been great chatting with you. And we hope to hear about the next stage very Fantastic. soon. Fantastic. Well, hopefully you will. <laughs> thank you very much for having me. Thanks for listening. That was all from Rethink for today. Tell us what you think about the episode by commenting on ThinkUM on Facebook, ThinkUni on Instagram, or ThinkUniMalta on Twitter. Rethink is produced by Think Magazine in collaboration with Campus FM. If you are listening to us from outside of Malta, you can find Think on isuu.com forward slash thinkuni. Our theme music is by Princess Wonderful. You can find the link to her profile in the show notes. Your hosts, Daivara Pachkaita and Chris Stiles. Our sound technician is Carmo Grek. Find us on Spotify, iTunes, or wherever you listen to your podcasts. Thank you for listening and bye for now. <laughs>